Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Mason. Happy Valentine's Day. I am uh, in the uh, Meltdown studio by myself. So I thought, hey, I've got some time and some recording equipment. I will... Uh, I will do a Valentine's Day special for Anime Attic, the uh, show where we go into your attic and blow the dust off of old and forgotten anime. And we uh, we have a variety of options to talk about. I thought what I would do for Valentine's Day is call random people in my phone and see uh, see if I could get a few people to talk about who are their favorite anime couples, and we could talk about it. And uh, it should be pretty fun. I don't know. Let's let's see what I can do here. I'm going to try my first friend here. It is ringing. Hello. Hello, Jim. Hey, how are you doing, Mason? I'm good. How are you, man? It's Valentine's Day. How How's your Valentine's Day going? Uh, to tell you the truth, it's pretty much just an average day. Yeah. But, uh, I went out to eat with my mom. It was pretty good. Excellent. I'm I'm glad to hear. Well, I am alone in the uh, meltdown studio, so I thought I'd call you. And um, I'm so jazzed well, that. It's, it's, oh, sorry. It's go good ahead. to know you were thinking. It's good to know you were thinking of me on Valentine's Day, man. <laughs> I, I was. You were. You were the first one that jumped into my mind. But uh, I thought. Um, I thought I'd call and ask you this question. Um, okay. What is your favorite anime couple and why? Um, my favorite anime couple is going to have to be um, uh, Ranma and Akane from uh, Ranma One Half. From Ranma One Half. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Oh man, that yeah. fits uh, that fits perfectly with the show. Man, we're we're lucking out here. That's great. Why why do you love them so much? Well. Um, Okay, so in order to explain that, I'm going to have to first point out that uh, there's a special caveat when you're talking about uh, Ranma and anime. Is it in that? Is uh, it, they, wait, they, I have a question. Are, yes. are you referring to Ranma in his boy form or his girl form? Ah, well, that's that, that's what I'm coming to in in the second part of my answer. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so in the first part of my answer, I just want to say with a, there's, there's a huge asterisk surrounding the, uh, the Ranma anime because um, I really like the Ranma manga. And in fact, they're now re-releasing the Ranma manga in, in a, a two-volume omnibus or omnibuy editions. Oh, wow. And I'm now, so I'm now buying all of the Ranma manga again in, uh, in omnibus uh, now, correct manga me. format. Correct me if I'm wrong. the The Ranma manga is, is huge. It's like never ending. I mean, the anime is like 400 episodes or something. Yeah, the manga is, uh, I think, 36 volumes, maybe 37. I don't remember. Oh man, it is. It is long, uh, and there's a lot of it. 
It went on for for um, I don't know, more than ten years. So it was a long time that they were, she was putting that out. Yeah, uh, huge. Oh, this is good. We were we're gonna do a show about Renma at some point. So yeah, this is uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, with the with the anime, what they did was they had um, because it was so long running, they actually had multiple different studios produce different seasons of the Ranma anime. So they're of hugely varying quality. And that's not even getting into the OAVs and the movies. Um, so like each studio that's had true. A, there was, like there a was... completely different art design and totally different character designs. Yeah. And the thing that the thing that drives me crazy is that the uh, the different studios that were doing the Ranma anime huge to different continuities. So there was one studio that, that uh, stuck very strictly to the manga continuity, and they actually had characters having flashbacks to events that happened in the manga that did not happen in the anime, because in the anime episodes that covered those events, they completely changed things. Oh, like they just had different events occur? Yeah, there was there was one um, situation where Ranma and uh, Shampoo were involved in some, in a race on a beach where they each held a watermelon. And there's this Japanese traditional beach game that people do where they try to split a watermelon with a boken. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, I have. I've 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 heard of it. Yes. So the idea behind this race is it's a foot race where you're carrying a watermelon in one hand and a boken in the other hand. And a boken is a a boken is like a a wooden sword, basically. Yes, it's a it's a, I think it's literally wood sword. Right. And uh, you you try to smash everyone else's watermelons. So any the first person to cross the finish line with an intact watermelon is the winner of the race. Oh, okay. This is the kind, So this is what they did in the manga. And then in the anime, they replaced this with a downhill skiing competition where everyone was holding a snowman in one hand. <laughs> and they tried to destroy each other's snowman. And the first person to get across the, uh, the finish line with a, a snowman yeah. intact was the winner. I wonder but why. I have no idea. I think it's because it must have been that that episode was released during the winter instead of during the summer, and so they wanted it to be, like, seasonal, seasonally appropriate. Oh, that's smart. I was going to suggest that maybe they were going to release it internationally, and they were like, nobody outside of our country will understand this game. Well, maybe, but they were using the Japanese-style two-ball snowman instead of the, uh, the Western uh, uh, three-ball snowman. Oh, okay, good point, good point. So, I don't know. But... Uh, the in a later season done by a different studio, the characters had a flashback to the beach watermelon foot race, <laughs> which which did not occur. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was replaced with the downhill skiing snowman race. Oh man! Uh, so I the, the way that most people. Well, uh, the way that I think about it, and I think the the proper way to think about it is you imagine. The manga has the, the canon continuity, and then the anime is like a series of long and not particularly good fan fiction based on the manga. Okay. Mm. 
We have a so, we have a concept that we talk about on Anime Attic uh, that Zara came up with called um, alternate universe yet canonical storytelling. So it's sort of like Tenchi Muyo. Uh, Tenchi Muyo is an excellent example, but I was also thinking, you know, Rainbow One Half or, or Escaflone or any time that they just reimagine stuff and go on with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, in um, yeah, so that's that. That was my caveat for Rondo. Okay, caveat but, noted. So, yeah. So, so, so which one are you just talking about? Well, I'm talking mostly about the uh, mostly the manga anime. I'm sorry, the manga, not the anime. Okay. And uh, also, uh, some seasons of the anime were pretty good, uh, and yeah. some were really some were really terrible. And, I... uh, I have, and this may be the lens of nostalgia, but I have fond memories of watching Ranma One Half. I, I think oh, it, absolutely. it was great all around. Yeah. But you, you um, probably have good points, you know. Yeah, Chris and I used to go, because uh, Chris, Chris lives like a block away from me. And when we were kids, we would right. meet at my mom's house. And then we would walk, and leave it at like 1030 at night and walk up to Blockbuster. <laughs> Which closed at eleven, oh. so we would get in like ten minutes before they close, and then go to their very small anime section they had and grab copies of like Tenchi yeah. and Ranma and just whatever they had on on VHS. Would, yeah, on VHS. Yeah, and we would uh, we would we would we would then go to Giant and buy uh, cheese cubes and <laughs> shrimp shapes. <laughs> The the shrimp shapes were these chopped chopped pressed fish products that were shaped like shrimp, but didn't actually contain any shrimp. <laughs> Gross. And then we would we would we would eat the cheese cubes on the walk home, yeah. and cook the cook the shrimp shapes, and then watch anime all night. That's it was great. Yeah, that sounds like a great uh, Valentine's Day activity. Maybe maybe I should get in on that tonight before it's too late. Right. Well, you can try. I mean, you're on the West Coast now, so it should be easier. That's true. Uh, okay, so you're talking about the manga. You're talking about Rama and Akane. That's your favorite anime yes. couple. Why? Okay, so um, I read a really good fan fiction for Rama okay. uh, that, that I liked a lot. I don't know if you can plug fan fiction on your show, but uh, sure. it was called Comes the Cold Dragon. And, uh, I'm sorry, what's uh, it called? It was called Comes the Cold Dragon. It was very long, but sadly unfinished. As as uh, is wont with most fan fiction. Yes, most fan fiction is sadly unfinished, except for the ones that are terrible, which are fortunately unfinished. <laughs> okay, so uh, you read that. Yeah, so I read that one, and I really liked the way that the author interpreted the Rama-Akane relationship, which really informed the way I think about it. Okay, and and what did what did they what is your view? Well, um, the the idea that I like is that um, Ranma and Akane are attracted to one another, which seems perfectly reasonable since they you know they live in the same house. Yes, I I agree with this. Like they, they they do seem to actually share feelings for each other. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's perfectly natural for teenagers who, you know, spend a lot of time around one another as they do. They walk to they walk to school together every day. They go to all the same classes or 
uh, Japanese school works a little differently than American school, but anyway, they have all their, they're in the same class, they, uh, they do a lot of activities together, so it's natural that they would have a close relationship. And also, the idea that I really like is the idea that Akane is secretly bisexual. Okay. And so she's, so she feels attraction for Ranma's female form as, as well as, or possibly even more so than she does for Ranma's male form. And this makes Akane feel incredibly uncomfortable with herself. I and see. She is very much, so, so Akane is very much in denial about her feelings for Ranma's, for uh, girl-type Rama, and therefore lashes out at him for being a pervert. Because she thinks of herself as a good girl, just like her big sister Kasumi. Mm-hmm. So Akane obviously cannot be attracted to a girl. That's just unnatural. So therefore, Rama must be the pervert who's making Akane feel this way, and that's why Akane is she. She's rejecting Rama. She's violent towards him. She she pushes him away as much as she can. But she actually is attracted to him, so she can't, like, completely get rid of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, because in the anime, at several points, I mean, they do actually share romantic moments together, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They do that in the manga, too. Right. And and if you look in, in the manga, at least, whenever Rama and Akane come closest to uh, kissing, it's almost always when Rama is in his female form. Right. Interesting. Interesting, Jim. I had not thought of this. So this this theory was now, was put forth in the in the fan fiction, not the anime or the manga. No, well, no, not really. Uh, but one of the other things that makes this somewhat more uh, plausible is that Rama feels much more comfortable expressing his feelings while he's in his female form. That makes that makes thinks, sense. Women because women are women in general are more comfortable expressing their feelings. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And and especially in Rama's case, because Rama has spent his whole life being taught by his father, men are supposed to be you know the stoic manly type. Like you know, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? There was some static. Just start I'm over. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Start over with uh, Rama has spent his entire life. Go ahead. Yeah. So Rama Rama has spent his entire life being taught by his father that men are supposed to be these like the stoic manly types like Guts or Glogo 13 and that they're not supposed to be all gushy and, and feminine. Right. And so uh, I actually don't know if that guy's name is Glogo 13. Anyway. His, his actual name is Duke Togo but uh, but he is Agent Gogo 13, yes. Yeah, close enough. It's okay. I, I, so, know, I know who you're talking about. So, um, yeah, so Genma has been teaching Ranma to be as, like a stoic, manly man. Right. And uh, this leads back to uh, talking about Genma's cowardness, but we can we can save that for a later discussion. Sure. Um, but uh, so Ranma thinks that a man is supposed to not, not even have feelings. And then when Rama has feelings for Akane, he has no idea how to express them. He doesn't know what to do with himself when he finds himself actually interested in a girl. Because mm-hmm. he, has, he has almost no experience of women. His only female friend uh, that he's ever had was Ukyo, and he only 
knew Ukyo when she was very young, and he thought she was a boy. Right. Yeah, so, Rama One Half uh, does an excellent job playing with gender roles and uh, gender bending. That's that's kind of its thing for our for anyone. Oh yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's so that okay. was very um, that was uh, that's one of the aspects of the series that I like a lot. Uh, the, yeah, the, the ex- exploration of what what gender means and how the different characters portray their gender differently. Right. Like one of the really one of the really interesting things about the series is that. Um, so shampoo shampoo is a uh, Amazon, right? But if you if you look at the way that the characters are grouped, shampoo is when, whenever the guys are doing an activity, shampoo will, will will be included with the guys in the activity rather than being sent off with the girls. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like like when they when they go to fight pantyhose Haru, right? In in the manga anyway. Uh, Shampoo is part of the the party that goes to fight him. Right. Okay. So not only does she present herself as sort of so shampoo is very feminine and she's very masculine at the same time. Mm-hmm. But the the other characters seem to think of her as being like a guy. Right. Because that's like the closest way that they can fit her into their preconceptions of gender roles. Right. Yeah, that's 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 fascinating stuff. Thanks. I I we should we should definitely uh have you back when we do Rama one half. This this is fascinating stuff. So Yeah, well I'd have to watch the series but Well, I mean that can happen. I hear they're doing a re release on D V D now. They're re releasing all four seasons or whatever. Um but anyway, okay, so so is your favorite couple Rama and Akane in boy form or girl form? And and what about it is such a great couple? Well, um, so uh, I would say that Rama and Akane uh, with Rama in either form. Okay. I prefer a, an idea of Akane accepting her feelings towards Rama as a girl and that reinforcing her feelings uh, towards him as a guy and that Rama opening up to Akane as a girl and then sort of that bleeds over into his, his expression of his feelings towards her as a guy. Okay, but, so that, I would, but that doesn't actually happen in the anime. It does not. So why are no. they your favorite? I, I'm a little lost. Well, see... This goes back to my earlier caveat. Okay. I consider I consider the anime of Rama to be just fan fiction for Rama. Okay. But and the... it's true that Ra- it's true that Kane and Rama don't actually express their feelings to one another in the manga. But it's there's much more subtext to the ending of the manga where it's very clear that Rama and Akane are sort of going forth to face the world together at the end. Oh. Okay. Cool. Because um, I haven't, I, don't know. I, I haven't mean, read the manga. I've only seen the anime, and the anime left on quite a cliffhanger. Yeah, well, the the anime, uh, I haven't seen most of the. I haven't seen all of the anime, so 
well, I'm in sort of the opposite position. I've I've read the manga and I really like the manga. Sure. And, uh, it's one of my favorite series. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah. Then what I really like about the Rama and uh, Akane is the the sort of the aspect of uh, um, non-normative gender. Uh, that is, a, as you said, is a theme that runs throughout the whole uh, series. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not a really big fan of like gender identification in general. Like traditional gender identification. I, I don't really like any kind of gender labeling. Uh, I think that this, that the idea of gender is just far too complicated to be able to simply express a huge category that encompasses half the population just doesn't make any sense. Wow. That's heavy, man. All right. I, I, this is new to me, but rock on, man. That's, that's super cool. All right. So, uh, yeah. So Rama and Akane are my favorite, uh, anime couple because they, they explored a lot of really, there's a lot of depth in the writing in the manga anyway. Yeah, and their and their feelings are usually uh fairly genuine and honest, which I I appreciate. Um which I think is cool. Yeah, that's true. Cool, man. Well, thanks Jim. Thanks for talking to me. I really appreciate it, man. And I hope you uh I hope you have a wonderful rest of the evening and uh and rock out over over in your neck of the woods. All right. Well, good luck, Mason. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, that went pretty good. Um, let's see who else. Who else do I got going on here? Let's let's try, let's try Raven. I hear she's at a con right now. Let's see what's what's going on with her. I wonder if we'll, I wonder if we'll get her. Maybe. Hello. Raven, what's going on? Hey. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Happy Valentine's Day. How are or, you? Or Singles Awareness Day, as it is often called. Uh, that's what I'm operating under. Uh, I am singly uh, in the Meltdown studio right now, and I thought, hey, I'll do a pickup show of Anime Attic, calling people randomly on my phone and being like, what is your favorite anime couple and why? But but first, uh, Raven, what are you doing? What are you doing today? How are you? Uh, how are you celebrating today? Um, I am sending all of my friends Valentine's, very, very nerdy ones. I think I have, uh, I ended up with a swath of Harry Potter, uh, The Force Awakens, and, um, Deadpool. Oh, lovely, yeah. Lovely Deadpool, which is super appropriate, uh, Valentine's to send to all my friends. I think my favorite one is The Adventure Behind the, uh, Behind the Free Kisses booth. Oh, yes. That was a good one. I, I got that one, and I, I enjoyed it. It was very good. Thank you. Yes, I'm glad you enjoyed your Valentine. Yes, I did. There's another favorite of mine is one with Captain Hook that says, I'm hooked on you from <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> That's pretty good as well. Okay. Um, so, well, I, I sounds like you're busy. So I just have a quick question for you. What is your... I have a quick answer. Oh, well, we'll see. Uh, what is your favorite anime couple and why? Only one? Okay. If, well, I'm not going to We can do more than one, one if you can squeeze you it, but go ahead. Okay, if you to, can squeeze to it. To start off. Yeah. To start off, my favorite anime couple of all time is Chrono and Rosette from Chrono Crusade. 
Yes, which we definitely have to do for sure. Oh, absolutely. We will indubitably cover it. Absolutely. Okay. So what? Uh, why? What are these people? Fill me in. <laughs> okay. So the story, the brief synopsis of Conan and Rosette's relationship is that uh, it takes place in the 1920s in New York. Cool. Um, and it takes place about this 12-year-old girl who, by the time we actually see her in the series, is 16, but she meets Chrono when she is 12 with her brother. Her brother is kidnapped by the the, uh, demon that has stolen Chrono's horns because Chrono himself is also a demon. Okay. In order for Chrono to continue functioning, he needs to siphon off Rosette's life force because she makes a deal with him so that she can recover her brother and he can recover his horns. Okay, so they're, like, bonded. They're bonded, Um, and it's this really, really sweet story, and their friendship very much slowly transitions into more, Um, and even though nothing is fully realized because of spoiler ending, uh, it's still one of the sweetest and most heart-wrenching love stories that I've ever seen in anime. Man, that's a good one. All right, I'm I'm definitely curious. I want to check that out for sure. You will uh, cry. You will cry like a baby girl, and man. I will laugh. These are these are bold statements, Raven. All right. Well, re- very possibly. Okay. Um, well, uh, what's what's your other couple on the off chance that I, I have heard of it? Okay. I I thoroughly enjoy um, our good old Orin High School host club couple. Oh, this is another one that I haven't seen, but you Obviously, are... Obviously, I'm talking about the twins. Yeah, you are not I'm alone. I'm not actually talking about the twins. <laughs> I haven't actually seen <laughs> I'm Oren. talking about. I am talking about Haruhi and Tamaki. Okay, okay, cool. Because I haven't seen Warren Host Club, but I got to tell you, at the uh, anime convention that we went to, everybody was talking to me about Oren Host Club. Well, Oren High School Host Club is a uh, pillar of our generation of anime. Why? It came out, uh, I want to say in like 2010, and oh, okay. it was watched by all of us as we were going through that lovely end of high school, early college phase, and it was one of the first really well-voice-acted, really well-done anime. Okay. Are you kind of all around well done, short enough, complete, comedy? It's a it's an o- is it an OVA or is it it's a series? No, it's 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 a full series. It's twenty five twenty four or twenty five episodes. Okay. And what about this relationship really spoke to you? Um, the fact that it very much developed naturally. Oh. Um, so well, naturally, as far as an anime is concerned. Sure. Where it was the the moments of they're, they're growing close to each other and getting even, even closer as friends, and they're starting to protect each other, and then they start getting jealous, and they're like, wait, why am I jealous? Oh, my gosh, do I have feelings for this person? <laughs> and frankly, the denseness of Haruhi when it comes to Tamaki made me extremely happy. Oh, really? You like that? You like the oblivious guy? I thought it was hilarious. Okay. Because usually, usually in anime, it's the male character who's super dense and doesn't realize his feelings to the female character. So right. It's really that's nice a... to see that turned on its head. That's cool. Because, yeah, you're right. That is a staple of um, 
most harem animes where the guy is literally surrounded by, I don't know, 10 or 12 really awesome girls who all want to get with him and he's just oblivious. He's just completely oblivious. It's true. However, there is now the Hizma anime or the female harem anime where it is not, where it's a bunch of guys who want to get with the main girl and she has the choice. Oh yeah. But well, those are far less prevalent. Yeah, they're they're less prevalent, but they have been around for quite some time. Like uh, Fushigi Yugi, for example, is definitely one of those. Uh, as is, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. That's totally just a fan, uh, a, amazing fantasy story told about uh, <laughs> that takes place in a book in ancient China. Of course, That's not a situation in any way, shape, or form. A- aside from the multiple beautiful men who are all kind of hovering around this girl, waiting for her attention. Yeah, so this this, this uh, not very well developed girl character, the almost Bella Swan of the anime industry. Ooh, would I say? Good one, good one. Mental high five there, Raven. I, 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 we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll have to hit on. We'll have to hit on that one. Okay, cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks. I I don't want to keep you from your stuff. You sound busy, but I I just wanted to check in with you and chat and see uh see how things were going and get your thoughts on that. So thanks. So we'll definitely have to do. Chrono Crusade and um, and Oren Host Club, perhaps. Well, no, Oren Host Club is too uh, too modern for our show. Well, we could still cover it just for funsies. Maybe. Um, you but, could, I tell you what you could do is like talk about the manga. In. If there's a manga, you could yeah. talk about the manga. There yeah. is a manga. I don't know it very well. Uh, oh, um, oh, my God. <laughs> it's because it's the exact same as the anime, and I watched the anime first. Right. And this, this falls into your... Uh, your category of where but, you, but you don't speaking like of manga. you don't like the same thing speaking of manga speaking speak of, speak of it speaking yes of manga yes lay it on me I'm, I'm going to give you two different two different uh couples from manga that are some of my favorites oh, and man. one of them you might not be able to put on the show because uh, it's from a it's from a uh yaoi 17 and it's from a it's from like a 16 plus manga okay um which would be setsu uh setsuna and Aine from Sensual Phrase. Never heard of it. What? What's the deal with them? Um, it's 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 a really cool story of how this very much this hot and heavy, very like quick burning relationship is able to catch fire and then also take that intensity into a full like relationship, and they go through a lot of issues. And they're able to solve them because their love is stronger than than their issues. That sounds cool. And, and yeah. The, is it two guys or what? No, it's a guy and a girl. Okay. That sounds cool. I'll, I'll check that out. That sounds tight. Yeah. I like it. It, it definitely gets it definitely gets eighteen plus in some volumes, eighteen well, volume series. But it, you know, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that. But I I'm always a fan yeah. of Love Conquers All. I, I I like that. That's my that's my general Absolutely. viewpoint. In, in life. Would would you would you like my favorite couple from a non eighteen plus anime? Yeah, of course. Or from a non eighteen plus manga? Yes, please. Lay it on us. Okay. My favorite non eighteen plus manga couple is going to have to be Oh God. I had one and then I forgot it. Oh man. Oh from Red River. Red River. Um, Red River. I know the film. Red River. Red, Red River is a... No, it has nothing to do with the film. It is a story set in ancient Mesopotamia, oh, um, cool. where a Japanese girl, Yuri, is kidnapped by the evil queen through the water, pulled through time, and pulled through space 
to end up in ancient Mesopotamia because she is going to be sacrificed to uh, God so that the evil queen's son will be the next king, even though he's sixth in line to the throne. And she's saved by the prince, Prince Kale, who uh, promises to send her home, and through time and him protecting her and everything else, they both realize that they have feelings for each other, and she ends up staying instead of going back to Japan and becomes this ancient ruler of ancient Mesopotamia who knows Nefertiti and King Ramses and all of these other things through interactions that happen through the series. And I would assume becomes essentially the mother of a nation of Japan. Uh, not the mother of the nation of Japan, but the mother of the nation in ancient Mesopotamia. Right, so way way back that so wait why i mean this sounds like a fascinating series as well um but why why does the queen have to pull someone from the future to sacrifice why can't um, she sacrifice she, someone she there she did not choose mm-hmm. uh, the queen did not choose who she was going to pull uh-huh. the queen um the queen asked the water god to send her the sacrifice uh, and she reached into the water, and the she was, and Yuri was chosen. Interesting. Okay. By the water gods of ancient Mesopotamia. Um, and it's never discussed why they chose her. That's never mentioned. Correct. It is not. Interesting, although a little disappointing. Well, that sounds really good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check that out too. So yeah, we've we've got some stuff coming up. Oh, we will cover it when we have time. <laughs> yeah. We will cover it. It's Definitely. one of my favorite manga series of all time. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out after I hang up. Well, not not immediately, sounds but good. after uh, after I get done with this. But anyway, but yeah, well, thanks thanks for talking to me and thanks for this and have your have yourself a happy Valentine's Day doing whatever you're doing. Rock on! All right, sounds good. I will see you next week. All right, sounds good. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was pretty fascinating. Um, Oh man, I forgot to ask her like why she was really into those characters. Uh well, we'll we'll get her we'll get her on the show um next week. So let's see uh let's see who else who else do I got here? Uh Oh, yeah. Hey, Tess, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. How are you, dude? I'm good. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, thank you. Good, good. Thank you. I am um I am currently uh or single awareness day. I am currently sitting in uh Meltdown Comics' studio and I decided to do a Valentine's Day special. Uh, for Anime Attic, which is, of course, cool. your, your favorite uh, podcast of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm calling around. I'm calling random uh, people on my phone, friends of mine, and I'm calling them to ask them, well, A, how's your, how's your Valentine's Day? What are you doing? Anything cool? I am hanging out with uh, my cat. <laughs> yes and, and my roommate okay know, my cat my cat has has been sitting on my lap for a while now. oh well that's that's the good that's stuff that's that's like a single lady hey that's <laughs> that's all right you know tess you're a, you're a, a wonderful beautiful uh woman you you will not be uh you will not be single for long 
Um, oh, well, I Sure. Okay, so here's here's my question. Um, Tess, you are you are an avid anime uh, watcher. You and I often talk about anime. Mm-hmm, what is true. your what? Who are your favorite anime couples, and why? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Think about well, it. Well, I can I can think of several anime couples. I'll probably uh, tell you the ones that I remember the most because some animes I've watched multiple times. Sure. So I would say for those for those it would be like. Miyaka and Tamakome from Fushigi Yugi. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, we were just uh, right before I uh, called you. I was talking with Raven from mm-hmm. from the show, and she mentioned that there the female uh, harem uh, anime series, and I I said Fushigi Yugi, and she tried to <laughs> she tried to deny that it, that that was a female harem, but uh, please. I don't really see it as a female harem anime. Well, I mean, obviously it's it's kind of low-key but it is multiple beautiful men hovering around this girl kind of hoping that they pay her pay attention to them yes that she yeah that's true that's true she clearly only has eyes for kamahome like from the beginning all the way through she's completely devoted to him Oh yeah. Okay, so this is good. Yeah. So I haven't actually seen Fushigi Yugi yet. I, we're we're playing. I know, I know. I'm. I've 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 seen the manga and I've seen like one or two episodes, but I, but I am planning on sitting down and watching it so we can do it for the for the show. But um, mm-hmm. but why? What about? So tell me a little bit about this couple and why you're so into them. Well, I mean, it's, I'm probably very into them because I really love the anime it's very like it's <laughs> very much like soap opera yeah uh, in the anime because there's a lot of like love triangle stuff going on she does only have Miyaka does only have eyes for Tomahome pretty much throughout the whole anime but I think also yeah I was gonna she, say like, like where's you know, the triangle she's 14. she's well she's 14 so like there's like you said there's other men in the anime who are who want her attention and she likes that like her character clearly is like oh my god Attention from men, you know, she, like, considers that attention and doesn't know what to do with it at times. But, right. I mean, her her affections are pretty pretty much loyal to Tomahome. When she, so what happens is she gets transported to uh, another world, and um, the yeah, emperor it, of one of the one of the kingdoms is like all into her. His name is Totohori. Isn't and, it? Uh, it's ancient China, right? She's 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 a modern. Yeah. She's a modern. I guess Japanese girl who's transported to ancient China through a book, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. And and Emperor Hotohori uh, is uh, enamored of her. Of course. Um, yeah. Uh, and she, I think she considers, from what I remember, I think she sort of considers it. But she's all about Tawahome. And and, he... and of course he rejects her like all the time, and he's like an idiot, and she's like. Oh, that hurts, and then she runs back towards it. <laughs> now, is he a, he's a palace guard, isn't he? No. Oh, okay. What, who is Tamahome? Tamahome? I don't remember exactly how she meets him, but uh, I, I know that he's like, she meets him, and she thinks that he's like this uh, con artist, cheapskate, trying to get money off of people. Oh, uh, okay. So he's like in the street. Kind of, 
Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, later on in, in, in the series, you find out that he's trying to support his family. Oh, the, you know, the, so he's the, just the always thief trying with to make the heart a of gold, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, why are they my favorite couple? I don't know. I just remember them really well, I guess. Well, I, I mean, so, something about it must have spoken to you. Like, something about <laughs> so, something about their relationship must have must have struck a chord, I guess right? it's, I don't know. I guess it's, like, very reflective of how a teenager behaves and thinks a lot of the time. Were and you I a, saw that when I was, I first saw it when I was a teenager. I yeah, was, I was going to say, like, you I must have seen it when you were, when you were a teenager, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Were you, you know, were whole... you also falling in love with a, a ne'er-do-well street urchin who had a heart of gold and was supporting his family? No. Uh, no, I fell in love with ne'er-do-wells generally. Right. I wouldn't say the other half of that equation existed. Okay. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Fair enough, but perhaps um, perhaps that aspect spoke to you. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I I really like the whole adventure of the story about getting trapped in another world. Yeah, know. it was it was fun. It's just the, the drama, the drama of of their relationship was very entertaining, and sure. it kind of hooked me. You know. Yeah. And, um. I, they, the I, other the other what's that? Oh, uh, and they they did a lot of will they won't they right, and you were kind of on the on. The, on oh the... yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and then there's other love triangles that happen too. You know, there's her, Yakuza's son. Oh, I can't remember her name now. Um, she somehow gets trapped in the book with her, but in a different kingdom. Oh wow! And there's, yeah, there's a, a there's kind of a love triangle between her and Tomohome and Yaka. And oh, is she also into Tomohome, and he's and he's unsure who he wants to be with? Uh, well, no, more like she she's in league with someone else from another kingdom, and she like does some kind of poison brainwashing on Tomahome. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yes. and then and then she's like, he's mine, and then he's like, he thinks he's great, but he's whatever. He's like under mind control. I, okay. So, and um, and so, what about him? Do you like? Is it that he's he was a jerk, but then he turns around and he's cool, or I don't know. I guess so. I guess that's what I liked, you know, when I when I was initially attached to the theory. Uh-huh. Now my attachment to it is just nostalgic. I because see. I like it as as a younger person. Sure. Um, the other couple that I was thinking of was uh, Vaughn and Kitomi. Oh, oh, oh yeah, in Escaplone, you know? yeah, you are. They're, yeah, their their uh, their relationship is so fraught with like intense frustration and uh, just you know. Yeah, no. You're man. always wondering what's going to happen with them, and it, there's there's a lot of tension between the two of them. Yeah, and um, it's good that you mentioned this. We're we're actually planning on doing an Escaflone episode. Uh, so mm. we're de- you're not alone. Let me tell you, um, Juliana joins us for for that episode, and she is also a Van Hitomi uh, fan. But yeah, there's there's a whole bunch that goes on there. There's uh, Alan Alan Shizar and, uh, yeah. and Hitomi and Van, and are they going to get together? And what about Meru, the cat girl? And you know, they, it goes on, man. But and uh, uh, this is my beef with that relationship is that it's never ever 
uh, realized in any way. Like, no, even it's not. at the it's, end, and that drove me nuts. Yeah, it drove me nuts too. And then there was a movie, and they they didn't resolve it in the movie either. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? Like, all, all I want is just a kiss. They don't anyway. It, it gets, yeah, right. Yeah, I thought surely. I thought surely by the last episode of the series, in the very last scene. Yeah, spoiler. It would be. You know, they'd have their their rainbow. And, yeah. Um, and that didn't happen. Like, you know, he's just sitting on a rock with with a sparkling necklace. Yeah, that's it. No, he. She just. She's literally like, I. You know, it's great that we can be together now. I'm gonna go home back to Earth. But don't worry, yeah. I can see you anytime. Dot dot dot. And yeah, then that's that it. Ridiculous. Oh, they man. spend the two of them spend a lot of like they waste a lot of time trying to figure out how they feel. And yeah, they, they figure it out by doing stupid shit to one another. I'm sorry, am I not? Should I not be cursing? I can beat it. <laughs> it's okay. But it's, okay, or we'll we'll do it again. They figure it out by doing stupid stuff. Go ahead, and say that. Yeah, they figure it out by how they they figure out how they feel about. It each other by by just behaving stupidly yes but i mean they're also they're also teenagers so like you have to take that into account you know i know but Um, like i agree with you though because time is pretty precious right like she's not going to be on the planet forever like right it's it's right. interesting that you point that out. So what about their relationship do you like so much if it's if it's fraught with indecision and and wasting there is time? There's, yeah, there's something about their relationship that just ties into the whole idea of fate, which is kind of like what the whole, you know, part of what the whole series is about. Sure. Um yeah. like they have the 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 feel of it is that they're just destined to be together, you know. Yeah. And it's very strongly um I don't know. It just comes across very strongly in the series, and and like you're rooting for them the whole time. Sure. Um, it's not like it's not like in Fushigi Yugi where I'm just I'm I'm watching Miyaka and Tamahomi behave like fourteen year olds with with Bonnie. <laughs> you told me it's more like I really want to see them happy together. You know, there's a different kind of feeling that I get from watching the two of them. Uh huh. Um, and they seem to have much more heavy things resting on their shoulders, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, they're running around saving the world. Like, uh, well, I don't know. Right. I mean, in Fushigi Yugi, is, is she saving the Empire? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, she, she basically is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind the of world. the same. It's kind of the same. Um, It is and it isn't. I mean, like, I don't know. Escafone is a little bit, a little bit more mature. In some ways, like it's a little, like a little bit darker. It's not. I wouldn't necessarily think of it as a dark anime, but it's got um, some heavy issues. Like uh, there's murder and there's um, there's a uh, illegitimate children and affairs and stuff like that. Yeah, the characters are also a little more introspective. Oh um, yeah. Oh, definitely. I would agree with. I know. would agree with that for sure. Especially if you told me, like, she spends a lot of time, like, examining her feelings and not being sure of herself and then, like, right. trying to figure out where to go from there. Um, yeah, like, she doesn't know who she likes. She actually likes yeah. Alan for a, lo- for a long time. She's really into Alan and then slowly kind of comes around to Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the most intense moment between the two of them is uh, there's one scene where he's, like, Polishing the sword for Escafone. Uh huh. And 
she comes she comes over to him, and I think at, this is after uh, Meryl is like, "Don't hurt him" or something. She said something to her. Yeah. And and uh, Hitomi comes over to him and he's like, he he looks like he's being bashful, uh, you know, like because his head is down and he's focused on polishing the sword, and he like mumbles like, "I need you," and she's like, "Hmm." Yeah. <laughs> and she she thinks he means she thought he meant something else and she clearly wanted it to mean something else. Sure. Yeah. And they're both uh doesn't he give her like a piscus fruit at that point? Am uh, I wrong? maybe. I, I No, no, I think the piscus is in another scene. But okay. she then he's like, I need your power, and I need, like, I need to be able to do what you can do. And she gets really mad, and you hear the sound of the slap, and then he just continues polishing his, the sword. Oh, that's right. She's like, I'm not it. That's when he's like, I need you to s- teach me how to see the, um, the guy melts, mm-hmm. the, or, or predict where Zybax gonna t- attack next, and, and she gets really pissed, and she's like, I'm not a tool. You can't just use right, me she like slapped a, him. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So, so she she thinks he's gonna say one thing, right? And he's polishing his sword. What's yeah. that about? And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it that way, he's just he's just working him, you know. the mix out of his eight foot long <laughs> sword. What you, yeah. What are you worried about? Yeah, but there's another, there's another, there's one other scene that's really intense like that, and I don't remember the conversation that they're having, but uh-huh. um, they're they're both having. He gives her a piscis fruit, and it's like he cuts the top off, and they're they're sipping out of it with straws. Uh-huh. And then he says he says something. I don't remember who says what, but she gets either shocked or upset by something, and she drops the fruit, and it's clearly another moment of tension between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And when she drops the fruit, the the can't like the the animation goes to the fruit on the floor, and it's just it's very very sexual. Um, and I always thought that was very interesting that they put that in there. Huh. Um, I'll have to uh, keep an eye out for that. I don't remember that. Well, the, should I describe it? Please, for our listeners. Okay. Okay. So she <laughs> um, she drops the fruit. And you see the fruit on its side, uh-huh. and, the, and the the way that I will say the camera, even though there's no camera, is pointed at it. Is that uh, the perspective is that you're peering into the fruit, and it's just like you see the. Uh, it looks like a big round hole, huh. and it's dripping. It's dripping a a semi <laughs> a semi translucent uh, <laughs> white whitish oh, liquid that's God. slightly viscous. Wow. Um, <laughs> And uh, well, do I, need I say more? No, I, mean, like, I, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think is the point of this? That she was she was getting excited that he was giving her fruit. I I don't know. What are you saying? I uh, I think it was like expressing expressing excuse me expressing disappointment on her behalf. But wouldn't it be the other way around? I'm I'm confused. I mean, yes. I, the I'm, way I remember the scene, I remember the scene of her dropping the fruit. Okay, so she, right. So it's so it's a it's a ruined fruit. Like it was it was a good it was a good time waiting like the, to be had. Yeah, like she was she was being excuse me, like her uh, impression of the conversation was that it was going one way. Right. Not necessarily. Not not that the conversation was necessarily going in a sexual way, but that it was going in 
A good uh, way. A good way, affectionately, emotionally. Okay. Yeah. Towards, you know, like the mutual feelings that they had for each other that they had yet to admit to. Okay. Um, and whatever happened, it, was, it didn't end up, you know, I think like, I think like he started out giving that impression and then he was like not ready to express it. So he ended up saying something else. Uh-huh. Um, Which killed the mood, I guess. So the, the fruit is like, you know, well, I was happy. <laughs> and so, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, that sounds amazing. I'm going <laughs> to definitely going to keep my eye out for it. I, I have to watch it. I have to watch that scene again because I don't remember exactly what they were talking about. Right. But I remember the fruit. And I've had this. I've had conversations about this fruit scene with so many people because everybody I mean, this is this fascinating. Like, What's that about? Yeah. I, huh? <laughs> No, this is fascinating. I I want to talk about the fruit now. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like Doctor Bruce when I talk about this. a little bit. I can see it, but I mean, it sounds like you have you know you you have you have evidence on your side. Like you're not talking out of nowhere. So. Well, if if you watch it now, yeah, it's incorrect when I don't. That's cool. I'm down. <laughs> it's going based on my memory. No, no, no. This is this is fascinating. So. What about this couple? What about these two couples make them your favorite? I, I, I'm just curious. Well, like I said, for Fushigi Yugi, it's really nostalgia. Sure. Um, and they and in Fushigi Yugi, like they get their happy ending. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, they get married. And spoiler, they spoiler, but yeah, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. it's fine. Like, no, I'm joking. We, we, no, no listen, we do spoilers all the time in the show. We just we talk about it. It's in, it's impossible not to have spoilers. They get married and they end up having a baby. Aw, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really sweet. You know, and a lot of animes don't do that. A lot of animes leave you with this, like, kind of disappointment. Yeah, no. <laughs> when you were hoping for a happy ending. Yeah, we were talking about that. Um, Before I was talking to you, I was talking to Jim. We were talking about Ramble One Half and how they just kind of cliffhang it. And, um... And uh, and Vaughn and Hitomi is another. It's they just kind of cliffhang it. It's like they don't oh. want to. It's like they don't want to resolve stuff at all. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I guess it. is it better to keep the viewer guessing so they tune in next week? Because you know, because like I said, I watched the Escaflone movie strictly. Well, not strictly, but mainly on the hope that the, that it would get resolved. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it it was not. So the movie is not. It's not like entirely contiguous with the series. No, it's so, an al- it's an alternate take. It's a uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a it's like a, it's, it's like cool. a fan fiction. It's cool almost. in its own right. It's cool in its own right. I will admit that. Yeah, um, I mean, it looks cool and all that stuff. It's it's okay, but it's not it's not necessarily a sequel or anything. It's it's like a re envisioning. Mm-hmm. Right. Which right. I'm not sure was the correct way to go about it, but whatever. It's cool. Well, the series is great. Yes. Oh great. yeah, we're we're definitely gonna do the series. Like that's that's happening and that's coming. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, thanks, Tess. Good talking with you. Cool. And uh, yeah, I, thanks for calling me, Nathan. Yeah, sure. No, I I'll... feel very special that that you decided to call me as one of the people to talk to. Oh yeah, you know. no, you're you're always uh, in my phone and on my mind. I'm happy to call you and <laughs> and uh, happy to looking forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Great. All right, cool. Well, thanks. Uh, have a good, happy Valentine's Day, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. 
Wow, so this, this is going pretty good so far. I think we got time for uh for one more. Let's see who else who else I can bug here. Maybe this guy. This guy might be a good one. Let's see. No? Maybe not. Hello. Hey Rob, how's it going, man? It's good. It's That's, good. All right. It's it's uh me, it's Mason. I'm calling you. I'm calling you on the air cuz uh I am alone in the Meltdown studio and I'm calling to see uh how your Valentine's Day is going so far, man. <laughs> What's going on? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Valentine's Day is an empty and quiet time. Yes. I I refer to it of course as single awareness day myself. So we're we're dealing with that. I'm I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. So, uh, cool. Um, so what are you doing? You just chilling at home? Yep, I'm actually just back from some singles awareness war gaming. All oh. singles, all war gaming. No women within a hundred miles. Oh wow, man! How'd you do? Did you kick butt? Uh, not bad. I did not do badly. Um, you know, I didn't win, but. I gave a good account. That's unusual for you to lose. You're usually very good. I'm 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 actually very surprised. I guess the caliber at the at the table is very high. Yeah, and without going into too much detail, um, this particular game is a tough game to win at outright. Oh, okay. Like the te- the rules are very difficult or whatever. Yeah, I got you. All right, well, as you uh, are no doubt aware, Rob, uh, I run the podcast Anime Attic, and um, so I'm calling, I wanted to ask you a question, Rob, who is your favorite anime couple, and why? And I I, I thought we could discuss it. If I had to pick, it would in fact be the love triangle Um Charles, Gio, Minmei, and Nisa Hayate from Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Oh, man, Macross. Oh, what a good choice. Oh, I didn't even see that coming. Good job, Rob. So, so here's the good... Okay, so tell us a little bit. We haven't, we haven't reviewed this one on the show yet, but we totally should, and that's a, that's a great idea. Let me write that down. Um, but so tell us a little bit about the show. Like what, what's, what's the concept and who are these characters real, okay. real quick? Well, um, it is the first of the Macross franchise in Japan, but it also became the first part of the Robotech franchise here in the States. And, um, that's right. A lot of those of us of a more old school event, probably were introduced to anime by that series. Yeah, I remember uh, we, basically Super Super Dimensional Fortress Macross was bought and rebranded and also, I think, rewritten as Robotech in the United States, but then later they released the original Robotech uh, un, uncut, right? Yeah, you can get both the Robotech version and the original Dimension Fortress Macross, and they're they're different in a whole bunch of interesting and, and subtle ways. Yeah, like like the Americans just took the footage and then basically like rewrote the plot and just 
dubbed in an entire new script, right? Well, they just, they, they, they added new elements and new plot things to kind of connect it to the other two previously completely unrelated anime that became the second and third series of Robotech. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, quick, quick, uh, quick, uh, I guess, reminder, uh, of those three series, the Macross is the one with the transforming jets that look kind of like F-14s, right. and, uh, Reba West as the voice of Lin May singing kind of sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I should actually see if I can find a sound clip. I'll put that in. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, so, okay. So, uh, very loosely, the concept of this, if I remember correctly, it's kind of like Battlestar Galactica, sort of. They're in this uh, super spaceship that's built out of alien technology, and they're, I guess they're out on a test flight or something, and they get warped like across the universe and they have to try and make it back home on limited supplies and uh and survive right am i remembering that correctly sort of like that um they're about to launch the ship for the first time yeah. the zentradi who are the alien baddies come to take it back um. and they space the pluto they have to get back to earth and eventually they do and then it turns into a ginormous post-apocalyptic thing where these men try to attack Earth and devastate everything. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's epic. Yeah, it, I, I remember this as being one of the very first, like, space operas that I'd ever seen, and it it's sweeping in its uh, scope and storyline. It's just you follow these people for years uh, in, in their lives as yeah. they continue to go through this stuff, yeah? I remember it chiefly as a child for the offhanded way in which they murdered major characters. Uh, That's right. You know, I grew up watching G.I. Joe, where everybody parachutes out of the plane all the time. That's right. And especially in, in episode 19, where they kill Ben Dixon, and they just kill him offhandedly. I was like, oh, man, this is new. Oh, man. Spoiler for anybody about to watch episode 19. But, yeah. Yes, I remember. Um, yeah, they were they were not shy about killing off characters, which was which was fascinating in and of it in and of itself. Okay, so why? Okay, so who are the three members of your love triangle, and why is this love triangle your favorite? Okay, well, it's my favorite. I think. First, because it's the first love triangle I ever remember putting any emotional energy into oh, watching it. Yeah, that's heavy. You know, the first time I was, like, rooting for somebody to get together. You really? And, yeah. Okay. Second, because um, it just it kind of has all of the elements. I mean, it's the classic dichotomy between the the proper woman and the not proper woman. And Lime is, in the end, the not proper woman. She's self-centered and kind of light and fluffy and, you know, basically good-hearted, but a little not really right for the main character. Min-may. And then Hikari's in the middle. 
Minmay, if I remember, she is an idol. She's a she's a pop singer. Yeah, she's an idol singer. Uh, but she's also the childhood friend of, of the guy, right? Well, she just no, she just meets him in the first episode. Oh, and you know it's anime, so he has an instant crush on her. Well, yeah. Well, which, I mean, she's which persists almost to the end. Right. And then Lisa Hayase is the career woman. Uh, but who ends up being the one that's right for him? Oh, uh, Lisa, but, she's isn't she like the second in command or something? Yeah. Okay. And so and so, how do they meet or whatever? Oh well, they also meet in the uh, in the in the uh, first episode where uh, there's an atrocity attack and. At the time, Rick's senpai, uh, Roy Foker, is showing him how the Veritex work. The, Ver- so the Veritex are the, are, the pla- are the planes, um, the, the robot planes. Yeah. Sorry. So they try to attack and Roy has to leave. And so Rick's just sitting in like a Veritex trainer. And Lisa Hayase appears and thinks she's a pilot and sends him up. So he's sent up into the middle of the combat. He knows nothing about combat flying or even really how to fly the plane. Okay. And so Roy Falker helps him out and saves him. And at the end of it, they're going back. And Lisa Hayase comes on. He's like, what the hell was that? And Hikaru says, Oh, that's that old woman who ordered me to go up in in the plane. <laughs> that kind of sets the tone for for their relationship for most of the series, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it develops, and uh, eventually, as it turns out, she's the right one for him. And you know, there's there's just enough. Part of it is. Um, in the struggle which develops between Lisa Hayase and Lin Min Yeah. Um, Min has social skills. Min knows how to flirt and keep a guy interested. Sure. Lisa Hayase does not at all. Yeah. And a lot of, of the interest of the relationship comes from her attempts at romances that just don't quite work out. And it even gets, there's, there's just a, enough fun creepiness to it because uh, <laughs> there's a point in the series where she's like breaking into his house Lisa? and doing all of his chores. Yeah. What? She like breaks into his house and then does like cleans up all of his shit and you know Why? does his laundry and then he's not because she's like that. <laughs> okay. Oh she's trying to like surprise him or something? Well it's it's by th- at this point in the series, he's kind of more about Minmay. Okay. But Lisa can't let him go. So right. it's crazy stalkerness. Okay. But crazy stalkerness is the way of where it works out in the end, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a lesson to teach. <laughs> it's like, it's okay, kids. Just keep stalking. It'll work out. But yeah, there is. There's a there's a period where that's what she does. She breaks into his house and does all of his stuff, and uh, then leaves. 
uh, before he gets home, and he never figures it out. That's oh the my best. god! <laughs> so she's just like in the it, me- in the mess hall the next she, day. Like he basically comes back in and it's like, oh hey, everything is clean. Maybe Minbei came over and cleaned for me. What? <laughs> Wish, wishful thinking. Until finally, in the end, someone tells him he's like, oh. Oh. <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> the yeah. the moment of realization and that is is that in fact what uh what what dra- what draws draws him to her not entirely but it's kind of where he starts to think oh maybe this is this is a possibility here yeah Oh, okay. So, so, and then, and then from there, it, it moves forward. Yeah, I got you. All right. Well, you know what? And and so, what is it about it? What about what is it about this that makes it your favorite? It's it's the struggle, the identify. First of all, which one were you rooting for? You were rooting for Lisa, I take it. Well, it's it's interesting. It's it's and again, um, one of the one of the interesting things about it is it kind of shows the change from a younger person's idea of what love is to a more mature person's idea of what mm, love is. Right. So instead of just the glitz and uh, glamour of the of the Yeah, idol. well you know, you know, Minmei is, is glamorous and kind of, you know, sweet and cute and, you know, more an ideal than like someone that you would really want to hang out with. Sure. Whereas Lisa Hayase is the opposite, right? You know, who has someone with real interests and uh, skills and and ambition and you know all those things, right? So when I was a kid watching the series, I rooted for Minmay. Now, as an adult, I root for Lisa. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So so I can get it. So so this is so this relationship kind of helped shape your your view of, of relationships in general. Yeah. Different stages and stuff. That's, oh man, good choice. Good choice, Rob. I'm digging it. Nice. Yeah, man, you should, you should, you should definitely watch Macross again and then watch how the relationship develops. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really good. I, I'm definitely going to do that. All right, man. All right. Well, thanks for the chat and a uh, good choice. And, uh, you know, you've, you've rounded out my episode, man. I really appreciate it. And, I hope you have a. I live to serve. <laughs> well, you you serve well, and uh, I hope you uh, have a good night, man. And I'll I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, man. Bye bye. Catch you later, man. All right. Well, that was that was pretty good. I gotta say, for an impromptu episode, we talked about a lot of different stuff. Uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. I hope you guys are all having wonderful Valentine's days or single awareness days and enjoying uh, whoever you're with or wherever you are, the environment. And uh, if you get a chance, come on down to Meltdown Comics, 7522 Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood, and we can check out uh, or and we can handle all of your anime needs or comic needs or toy needs or comedy needs because they often have comedy shows going on in the back like right now. So, yeah, thanks. And, uh, hey, if you want to 
Hit us up on Instagram, we're Anime Attic Love. And if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're also Anime Attic Love. Give us any sort of feedback. We'd love to, uh, you know, hear from you guys. And, um, yeah, talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.